Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, creativity, and life in a northern town. Feel free to leave comments on the show notes at mycreativecorner3.wordpress.com and let's keep the conversation going online. My name is Vicki and welcome to the podcast. There has been so much excitement happening around here. I feel like it's been forever since I podcasted, but I think it's been a week. Well, last week on Friday, which would be on November 2nd, my little quilt, which is a mini called Happy Hour, was published in Make Modern Magazine. And it has all the paper piecing directions as well as how I put it together and how I quilted it. And I'm very, very excited about this magazine relationship. We had so much fun working together. And in fact, I even suggested an idea to the editor about an article. And they liked the idea so much that they let me write an article on my quilting system. If you've been listening around here for for any length of time, you know that I do things a little bit differently than some people do. Um, I watched a lot of YouTube videos this week on construction of hard blocks like Wedding Ring and um, New York Beauties and Pickle Dish. And, and I have to say, it... it Everybody keeps saying things like, oh, I sit and cut out all my pieces at the beginning so I can just sit and power sew. And, you know, that's not how I do it here. There's many, many reasons, and you can read about it in the article, but there's a reason that my blog is called My Creative Corner 3, one stitch, one block, one row at a time. That's how I function, and that's how my brain functions, And that's how my system has evolved over time. And it's not to say that I, I mean, I have had a few problems with patterns and things. And that's why I tend to write my own patterns because I want to do them one block at a time. I'll just read the little bit at the beginning of From the Editor of Make Modern Magazine. It said, if you've been reading MM for any length of time, you know we are super passionate about creativity and I'll harp on it whenever possible. And I believe creative pursuits are extremely important in living a well-rounded life. And then the article goes on. Well, you know, that's exactly how I think too. And I just was so excited to be able to share some of these thoughts with people who had the same ideas as I did about creativity and not just sewing, not just quilting, but making things and being creative. Um, So that's my Make Modern experience. It was so exciting. And there is an affiliate link in the show notes. If you do buy this issue to check out the article and my happy hour pattern. Um, You don't get charged any extra money for the sale, but I make a couple of uh, percentages on each sale. So it helps support me and the podcast. And also, if you do buy the magazine, look for the advertisement in there for my sister and I's 
zine, Our Creative Souls, and you can click on it and it takes you right to our new blog. I will have all of that in the show notes for you if you're interested. And I have to say, if you haven't checked out Make Modern, oh my gosh, it, it's a great price. The It's Australian dollars, so um, it's a little less in our USD if you're um, American. But there are so many patterns and it's chock full of fabulous information. So that was my Make Modern experience. And if you have already got a subscription, let me know what you think about the article and the happy hour pattern. I have done a full um, series on Instagram with pictures too. And you can see the pictures that Make Modern put their logo on and it looks so cool. So that was, oh, that just kind of like set me um, at the top of the world. How do you come down from that? How do you make things after that? Well, I haven't been doing as much because I felt like I was on this creative elevation mountaintop, as I like to call it, or high, whatever you want to say. But I have been slogging along on um, a, a quilt where I got to make 42 friendship star. So my goal is to make one to two a day. Now I have to tell you that friendship stars are my least favorite block. In fact, I won't go as far as saying I hate them, but I really don't like them. And there's 42 of them for this border. And I'm doing an absolutely wonderful quilt for the border quilt along. And the next row is pinwheels, which is also one of my least favorite blocks. And then it ends on half square triangles. Uh, we can end it wherever round we want. And I looked at my fabric and I'm, I'm going to end it this round because I just don't have enough fabric to go. Or, and I'm certainly not going to do pinwheels. I've decided that I was, I'm slogging my way through the friendship stars. Had this been my design, I would have substituted <laughs> another um, block because I personally, it's a personal thing, just don't like friendship stars. I've, it was one of the first blocks you learn when you're a beginning quilter because it's relatively simple to construct, but it's very hard to preserve all the points. And I just don't like the aesthetic of it. But it led me to think, why am I struggling so much with this particular pattern? Jen wrote it very, very well. It's got everything you need to know. I'll tell you why. Because it is not the one stitch, one block, one row at a time. And there was a point where I started feeling like I was a failure over making this quilt because I was having some difficulty following um, some of the directions and I kept getting lost in the cutting patterns and all. And then I realized, no, it's not me failing. It's that my brain works differently. And I like the patterns. This is why I write patterns the way I do is one block at a time. And then I will talk about how to join them together with sashing or blocks, the joining blocks, connecting blocks. It's just the way I work. And is it a fail? No, it's not a fail. But it did make me feel bad because I thought, I'm a better quilter than this. I'm just struggling and struggling so much with the cutting 
directions being at the beginning of the quilt and then me constantly making notes on the pattern so that I can cut them out right, making a pressing plan because Friendship Stars, you got to figure out how to press the dark fabric so they're not shadowing through the seam allowance and the uh, and most of them have a light background and <clears throat> I just thought really the friendship star is the one that's going to bring me down <laughs> then I get laughing and I'm like seriously it's because you don't like them you don't like friendship stars it's kind of like um my relationship I have with guacamole I'll be honest I think it's a fabulous dish. It smells wonderful. It looks great. And I really, really, really want to like it. And I put it on my food and my chips and salsa or my burritos at my favorite restaurant. And I hate guacamole. No matter how much I try and try and try to force myself to like it, I don't like it. Well, I think that's where I'm at with this friendship star. And that's what has led me to realize that and I'm not buying any more fabric for this particular quilt because I have so much fabric I'm not buying more I'm ending at this round and I'm going to probably just put a strip border around and we'll see how many um, scraps are left for these bright colors and I may do something you know in the the final round of my own design but that's the other part as a creative person I'm really struggling following a pattern verbatim. Number one, they're constructed in a way, many patterns that don't operate the way my brain operates. And I like to make decisions on the fly. So, uh, you know, all of this uh, thinking after being on this emotional high from Make Modern made me go back and look at my works in progress. And I counted them and I have two more. One is the Shibori Houses, which I absolutely adore. Pat Sloan writes patterns block by block. It's perfect. It's using fabric I love. And it's going to be a more of a wall hanging lap size. I don't have a ton of the Shibori fabric. And I'm just going to use it up. And I may even mix it up with some blue solids to make the fabric a little bit bigger for the houses being the feature. <clears throat> the other one is the Moda choose your own adventure summer camp quilt. Again, I had one more round and I don't have a whole lot of fabric left. And the final round has got a thousand little pieces and it's, you know, it's a five patch with half square triangles. Um, I, I you know what, I don't think I'm gonna do it. It's at a size where I'm happy and I'm not buying more fabric. It's French General is the most of the fabric in this. It, I love French General, but it's not something I got it in a grab bag. And I'm not going to go out and try to match um, these. They're probably considered vintage by now, but they're definitely not currently being made in these colors. And it's, it's a pink, gray, and cranberry color palette, which I absolutely love. And I thought, why not just end it on a high note? I love the round it was ended on and maybe I'll do some sort of a border again with a little creative license and make that more of a lap size quilt. Because remember, my goal is not to be making 25 queen size quilts here this year. 
And it took me long enough to bind the one queen size quilt that I did make, which is my Tulip Pink City Sampler. I started doing that a while ago and I kind of stumbled on that Gnome Angel. Her name is Angie, runs a um, 100 blocks in 100 days for Tulip Pink's City Sampler as a sew along. And I joined up, you know, as I was about halfway or three quarters of the way done with my personal challenge on it. I got the top quilted last winter and then I wound up waiting for the weather to cool down so I could bind it and I did. I just finished it and yesterday I was laying it on the top of my bed and I took my old queen size quilt that's been on my bed for about, I don't know, eight or nine years, retired it and I'm like, I love these colors. They're bright it's modern it's improvisational it also appeals to my husband because it has a lot of strong bold colors it's got a gray background where my other quilt was a pastel um actually it was from most of the fabrics for tulip pinks hushabye now that's how old that quilt is one of her first lines so i've been doing a lot of inventorying of what i've been up to and deciding where I'm going to go. So next year's the year of the mini quilt. So I'm going to finish up the couple projects I have. I still have a ton of orphan blocks in the drawer. And if I have time in between projects, I'm going to put some of them together for charity quilts and quilts for cure. I'll put a link below. They'll be, um, we've been doing quilts for children with cancer and I'm thinking we may have a block drive again in the spring or winter and if you need more information about donating to Quilts for Cure go to quiltsforcure.org and there will be a link in the show notes. So that's the plan with orphan blocks but I'm going to make two foot mini quilts and I want to do New York Beauty. I want to do a double wedding ring modern I want to do a pickle dish someday. That's probably not going to be next year, but I want to make a feathered star. So the top three priorities, because I'm thinking about next year, because winter is starting here and winter to me goes into next year, is going to be a New York beauty and the modern double wedding ring and then the feathered star. And then I may get that pickle dish in there somewhere. I found a fabulous YouTube channel and if you haven't seen it you should subscribe it's called Teresa Down Under and her videos are amazing she has some freebies she has some patterns that she sells and most of all her tutorials are excellently videoed and make me feel like I can do that so thank you Teresa because I think I can do it now and I was on the right track. I just need to keep practicing on the curved seams for the New York Beauty especially. So the other thing that's happened around here is winter has arrived. Um, it's probably going to warm up, but the snow is sticking on the ground more and more. And this week... Um, Today we wake up to um, sloppy snow and it's going to keep snowing. Um, we're supposed to get maybe six inches of snow tomorrow. Uh, we did the fallback clock change and I'm telling you, it gets harder and harder every year for me during these time changes. 
So I'm going to give you a couple of um, winter survival tips, and I'm looking for some ideas. If you live in a northern climate, I'm on the 45th parallel. That is our little town's um, claim to fame. We are halfway between the equator and the North Pole. So I'm looking to talk to people who are even maybe in Alaska, near the Arctic Circle. We have terribly short daylight hours in the winter it's basically now until the new year yesterday i got home from work at four o'clock and there was no daylight left because it was snowing and raining and it was converting over we are now getting some daylight a little bit in the morning but this getting dark in the afternoon evening uh, has really affected my energy and i'm not calling it a seasonal a mood disorder, but I get seasonally affected as 99% people do. And so I found a couple of tips that after talking to a couple of my friends who also live in the Midwest, that I have some daylight craft task lamps. And I'm finding that when this time of year, I turn them on really early in the morning while I'm sewing or podcasting or doing handwork. Um, it really helps me get going. It does feel like a little bit like the sun. And if I run them in the evening, I'm able to stay up later than 9.30 or 10 o'clock because I want to go to bed super early and then you're up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning um, because you go to bed too early. So that is something that, um, what do you do to cope with these long hours of darkness if you live in a northern climate? I do love the cold weather. I like the snuggly hibernation feeling. I love getting under the quilts that I've made and knitting and watching football and Netflix. We start doing some movies and series in the winter because there's really nothing on TV. Oh, my favorite show has been renewed and starting next week, which is The Curse of Oak Island, about a couple Michigan guys who made their money in the oil field industry. And they are doing treasure hunting on a little island off of Nova Scotia. I have been stuck with this for seven seasons, waiting for them to find treasure. I know there's probably not treasure. I love the characters in the show and the new season starts next week. So... Those are some things that I've noticed that have helped me during this fall, early winter. Also, I've just done a lot of study on people from Norway and how they get through winter because they are in the Arctic Circle a lot of times um, in northern parts of Scandinavia, Norway, or even Iceland because I know they're definitely in the Arctic Circle. And they do celebrations all winter, you know, and I think that's part of where I'm really looking at these holiday times for celebrating and being thankful for Thanksgiving for the month and really being open to creativity. I have more time. I'm home more. We don't get out as much because we're snowed in and I'm trying to make this a celebration of doing things like we've got some great ideas my sister and I for the zine that will be published in January she go to Instagram you can see some sneaky peeks she's making some cold porcelain 
um, sculpted figurines. And she has some old wooden spools. And oh my gosh, they're so adorable. Though my favorite one, I think, is the last sculpt, which is a unicorn. You know I love all magical things. She has unicorns and fairies and flowers. And she's taking notes. She has a recipe she's going to share on how to make her cold porcelain she calls it it's probably more like clay I don't know what the scientific words are in fact I just I don't I might even make some to show you that I tried and even though I am not necessarily a um, artist who can sculpt and paint I can doodle and I can roll hot dogs and little marbles and make figures and that's what she does with some really cute ideas. So check out our Instagram. So we're celebrating that kind of stuff. We're also celebrating our time and getting together with family and doing things together. We went to a movie last weekend and a football game with our um, son in college and we had a great time. I expect that I'll be able to get together with my family over the holidays doing some different things. So that's the celebration part. And then challenges. That's the other thing I, I like to do. That's why I, I just gave you my challenges. Hard quilts during the winter, but to keep it realistic. You know, I'm not going to make three queen size quilts that are super hard. Especially when I'm looking at most of the patterns are six to eight inch blocks. I've, I've done that and I don't need any more whopping size quilts, but I do want some uh, gallery of minis of two feet, 24 inches or so. And then I want to say one thing I I won't do, but I, I'm very excited about, and I'm going to follow, and I may even buy the Cherrywood Fabric is Quilt Market is when um, the Houston International Quilt Shows, when they announce the challenge for next year. And I'm going to consider it, but I'm just not... I'm not an applicator, and but I am thinking about art quilts. And their challenge by June 1st is to purchase their collection for, wait for it, the Bob Ross Challenge. Oh my gosh, you guys, if you have, if you're new, I love Bob Ross. Can I say that again? I love Bob Ross. I know he's passed away, but... He enchanted me. He made me think I could paint his paintings. I never tried, but the more I watch him now, the more I think I can. And he is the exact kind of teacher and just having the joy of life that I really, really love. And Bob Ross has been so influential on me that I think that his teaching should continue. You know, there are no accidents, you know, happy little trees, all of the, it's your world. Yes, 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 Bob Ross. I'm thinking, you know, maybe one of my challenge quilts can be a some sort of piece or artwork multimedia type of, of quilt, but I, is, I need to read the directions and the rules of the competition a little bit more. So let's go back to winter. So anyway, um, part of my <laughs> thing about winter is um, it just takes longer to go anywhere and do anything. So how do you celebrate that if you are from a cold, dark, wintry climate? 
Um, I happen to be halfway between the equator and the North Pole. We get 160 inches of snow. Um, the biggest thing I have is just getting those cars ready. It takes so long. Everything takes so long. And that's what gets grating on your nerves or irritable. Um, and how do you cope with all of that? So my challenges are part of it. That's why I like to do it. And I'm also going to challenge myself to do some more long arming explorations. I've been watching some of Angela Walters free motion quilting challenges that are free on her website, YouTube and her blog and exploring stitches that I haven't done before. And that is going to keep me inspired and motivated. And I'm not sure that I'm going to do any 100 day projects this winter, but I love to follow other people's. So the next thing I want to say is that I did a newsletter about five things I'm loving this fall because it's still fall in many parts of the world. Um, and I'm not going to tell you all five of them. You'll need to subscribe to my newsletter to figure out what five things I'm loving right now. These are things that I have recently used or purchased and never have tried them before and I'm loving, love, love, loving them. So sign up for my newsletter if you haven't already and you can read about the five things I'm loving right now. And the last thing I want to say is thanks everybody for listening to the podcast and your encouraging words about the patterns and the zine, the podcast. Um, it's been very encouraging and really helps me to continue my motivation to be creative and to come up with content that's useful and valuable. So my question then to you is, is there anything you'd like to hear me talk about or questions that you'd like answered on the podcast? You can leave a comment on the show notes or you can send me a private message um, I'll put some links below as where you, how you can get a, in contact with me about that. I would love to hear, um, some questions or things you'd like to have me talk about on the podcast. So in the meantime, go to mycreativecorner3.wordpress.com. Be sure to check out, um, our creative souls as my sister and I's journey in crafting, not just quilting or sewing. That's a, my crafting web space and we are selling a quarterly zine. There's still one for sale that has some macrame things in it and how to use glass pieces in your house to make a sculpture for your garden, your fairy garden, as well as, you know, hey, it's still November and I did a doodle pumpkin. That's one of my favorite things. And, you know, check that out. And I also have Instagram at Vicki L. Holloway Quilting. And there's a Facebook group where we do daily creative prompt challenges. I do that on Instagram also, but the Facebook group feels more intimate for sharing. Like today I wrote, what is the hardest quilt that, you know, project? What's the hardest project you ever made? I shared a picture and the hardest that I've ever made honestly was a template based double wedding ring that I made when I first decided I wanted to learn to quilt 
my friend Sue at the college, who was old enough to be my grandmother, had just started quilting. And she said, come on over, I'll show you how to do a double wedding ring, only to find out I only knew a teeny bit about sewing, because remember I took 4-H in elementary school. We used the templates, I made a four ring quilt and hand quilted it and bound the curves. It's still today by far the hardest quilt I've ever made and I use it as a baby blanket for my children. So what's the hardest quilt you've ever made? You can also leave that in the comments on the show notes. I want to welcome all the new listeners who may have discovered me recently and I want to say welcome. This is a weekly-ish podcast and I talk about my life in a northern town, my creative journey, and my sister and I's journey in crafting and creativity and keeping things all zen so that we can do all the things that we want to do. Because as I opened up, I really do believe it's one stitch, one block, one row at a time. I also fully believe in my quilting system, which is Based on a quote from my favorite book, which is having its 10th anniversary, I'm going to buy it, uh, Gretchen Rubin's The Happiness Project, and I'm going to loosely quote her, which is, it's what we do every day that adds up to more than what we do once in a while. So on that, as you ponder that thought, I'd like to end with Quilt On, everyone. Everyone.